0: But I can relate to if Which that's is understandable. Chad's story. I can relate to Chad's story. I, yeah, I've been there, living. <clears throat> that was his living story. a double life. I didn't hear the podcast, so I just going off for you.
1: So. I've barely heard the podcast. It was a good conversation for the twenty minutes that I listened to, and then I came here, and then I regret being here.
2: Wait, you regret being here at this time in, in this room? Yeah, I yes. Like, okay, re- so then should we record a podcast?
1: Well, no, I wish I had come twenty minutes later. I missed the ninth inning of a baseball game, and that's really important to me.
2: That's interesting. Oh, is it the baseball crowd? Oh, hey, is
1: the game starting? You're acting like you're starting. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Kids said, "Thank God for beer." <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Good grief! It's it wasn't great. my kids, guys. My kids are safe. <laughs> they were singing though. <laughs> One of my
1: kids was asking, "What is that um, fruit?" Or on the Deschutes, fresh squeezed. I'm like, "That's a a hop. Is it a hop? It's a hop fruit. Fantastic. Like, what's a hop? I'm like, it's what beers made. It's the cousin from. of marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> a hop fruit." <laughs>
2: Well, I guess it could guess be. It's, oh, it's a flower. You know, know. It's a flower. It's yeah. not a fruit.
1: <laughs> That's funny because one time I actually called it the cousin of the aloe vera plant, and which there's a story to that, but mm-hmm. we don't want to hear it. Okay.
0: <clears throat> <laughs> like a oh Scott agave?
1: no. A long time ago, before my wife and I were married, we were walking through Salt Creek Parking salt creek parking lot and I had cut my back and she's like oh you need like aloe vera and so she she maybe it wasn't even salt creek but she grabbed a plant and broke it in half yeah. and I'm like what is that and she's like "Well, it's, it's like aloe vera it's a cousin of the aloe vera plant dude it wasn't even close it burned the heck out of my skin <laughs> I'm like what did you just put on me I'm dying oh my gosh it made it 10 times worse aloe vera is supposed to be soothing this is not soothing Okay. Once again, I <laughs> married her.
0: There is wild aloe vera. There are wild aloe vera plants around here. Um, I don't know if there is a cousin that looks similar but is not
1: actually aloe vera. But, but well, yeah. I'm fairly certain this is the lemony salty plant. She's wow. like, there, let me put that on ya. So, you. I mean, you guys,
0: you guys, I mean, that takes us back before smartphones, right? So. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <you> <laughs> right.
1: <get married. laughs> Yeah. Are we recording? Because Jeff's old. (laughs) Are we recording?
2: Yeah. How are you guys doing? Hi, Jeff. Something feels special about just having our own song. I don't know. It just got real or something. Kind of. This is where the podcast goes downhill. We had our best (laughs) podcast until we got our song.
1: (laughs) It just means um, we're caring more. We care. About what? Well, you start putting energy into something you do and a little more and you change it and you add. I mean, you care more.
2: Intention. Yeah. Conversations get better, richer. All not intention. Well, which there's is, that. Which is too. how Scott liked to talk to each other. Yeah. There, there are. We, we do have that.
1: So many words in Christianity speak that are like intentional is one of them. Like all of these yeah, words, yeah, that's in the border.
2: I wouldn't. It's tough to say. It's just, just okay. Yeah, whether a, or not the intentional Christianese, it, definitely yeah. like love on people. That's a Christian phrase. Yeah. That's Christianese. I would yeah. put
1: intentional. I just want to love the, on, on him. the outskirts of just Christianity. Just love on you, speak, dude. What are you talking about? We work at Apple. Right? You gonna love on me? Just what is that? Love mean? On you, bro. Should I run to my? Do you feel the love? Glass cubicle where everybody can see me. <laughs> it's not even a cubicle.
0: Guards. I put intentionality like Tony Robbins, other motivational speakers. There you go. Yeah.
1: You shouldn't have said him. I love Tony Robbins. Lean in. I just want to talk about Tony Robbins now. Just lean into
2: the process.
0: (laughs) Yep. When the pain of not doing something outweighs the pain of doing something. yes, That's pretty profound. Yes.
2: His uh, documentary was pretty good. It was. I am not
1: your guru. You're the one who actually got me to watch that.
2: He doesn't know how to sing, but he takes lessons or he gives himself lessons and he doesn't know how to clap. And I don't think he cares. (laughs) He knows the way he claps. Like, how can I describe this? Like, describe this. Hands. Hands are going together, but the fingertips are
0: not They're They're lined up. But the palms, it's only the palms. Okay. He needs to rotate one hand (laughs) forty-five degrees whilst keeping the other hand straight up. That's better. And you get that, yeah. Okay. That fuller pocket. Yeah.
2: Put that air in the pocket. Yeah. You Mm. can't.
0: You can't point your fingers out away from each other. You get
2: more of that slapping.
1: You know what? I think he intentionally does that. So people talk might, about him more.
2: He might. Maybe it wakes people up like, oh, my God, he, the <laughs> world's most famous guru doesn't know how to clap. What the <laughs> hell? Is, I'm paying attention. I don't know what this means, but I'm paying attention. Uh, you win again, Anthony. He's such a
1: massive man. Maybe that's the only way that his arms come
2: together. He, he collapses like if he's a diabetic and you can't feel your hands very well, and so you just try to throw your hands together just to make contact. That's how he collapses.
1: I apologize, Tony. <laughs> That's just stupid.
2: You're probably right, Jeff. <laughs> All right. How are you, Jeff?
1: I am fantastic. I had a great conversation with our mutual friend Aaron today at Board Board and Brews. A A-A Aaron? A A-A Aaron. A A-A Aaron Lopez. Awesome. My family, my family left me. And
2: uh That seems to be a pattern. What do you mean? Your family leaving.
1: Yep. There was no question of, do you want to go? We're leaving. Bye, family. Goodbye. Where'd they go? Uh, friends, old friend of my wife, she's like a high school girlfriend. They went to hang out far, far away. I'm like, good luck. Good luck with that traffic. Maybe it's not that bad because it's July 3rd. Most people on are, a Monday. Yeah. Most people are probably
2: not working today. Yeah. Anyway, it was a good day. That's where I need I need that Will Ferrell drop from Anchorman. Great story. <laughs>
1: that was a <laughs> was that yes. a story? No, it wasn't. It was a one star out of ten. I did nothing today except eat and drink and run and watch baseball. And now I'm here. Okay. How about oh, you, Scott? Okay. My work today. That's great, Zach. Me too. Good. you guys want to hear the epiglottis story? Uh, Intrigued. Uh,
0: is it better than the story you just told? It's Shut
1: up, Scott. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. two. It's two out of five stars. <clears throat> it's double. Okay. okay. So my wife and Caleb, the four-year-old. It's double. Nope, shouldn't be here. There's a child in here. Shouldn't I, be in here. Shouldn't be in here Love for you, this Aubrey. story. For the four-year-old story. It's pineapple sculpin'. All right. So Caleb and Tanya have gum in their mouth. And they are showing each other their gum. And they're sticking their tongues out with their gum on their tongues. And everybody's watching. And then Caleb has this quizzical look on his face. He says, Mommy, what is that in the back of your throat? And she's like, what? And it's like, open up again. Open up again. What's in the back of your throat? And I'm thinking, What what is
2: in the back of her throat? <laughs> and she, and Caleb it, cancer detector. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that went dark. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my god. It's a little early to go that heavy. <laughs> <A polyp or? laughs>
1: and good grief. you know, the one thing with Caleb Is she gonna live? Is, is she okay? You Jeff? have no idea what Caleb is going to say in his four year old mind. But he's like, Yeah, there's something in the back of your throat. What is that? And then we're all looking at the back of my throat. I'm like, "What is in the back of my throat?" I'm like, "Okay." Well, I and Jeff is driving, by the way. Yeah, and I'm thinking, is the the epiglottis? Like your epiglottis is back there. And then I hear Caleb from the back go, "Mommy's got a, <laughs> mommy's got a penis in the back of the throat." <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> so all he's doing he goes over your mouth again, Mom. Yeah, there's... Why do you have a little penis in the back of your throat? The things that kids say. I was... We were cracking up. Oh, my God. My my Uh, kids. That's amazing. All the kids were cracking up, and then they all started looking in mirrors.
2: Is (laughs) that? Girls have them, too? Oh, my gosh. Kid cracks me up. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: So it's not a penis. Nope. We... Had to explain to him that it's an epiglottis.
2: He's Certainly like, not while you're driving.
1: Nope, nope. Still a penis. It's I don't know what epiglottis is, but it's a penis. Mm. Okay, thank you,
2: four-year-old. <laughs> Funny, penis has less syllables. It's easier,
1: yeah, yeah, easier to say.
2: Epiglottis.
1: Epiglottis.
2: I don't know that I knew that that's what that was called. A penis. <clears throat>
3: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's a
0: scientific term for penis.
2: Scott, you know when I put it on the tee, Scott rarely misses. Well, he knocked the cover off that one, Scott. Sorry about some of the buzzing. I don't know why. Yeah, that will come through. We're running our Skype rig because we do have a guest coming up, and uh, so this board I'm using doesn't. It doesn't quite Who play moved? with Garage Band super well. Hmm. <clears throat> I think it's a Hertz issue issue. Kilohertz? megawatts, Mega megawits. Meg- Megabits. Megawits. <clears throat> Anyhow. <throat> that felt. was a good story. Yeah. That's more than a two out of five. Any okay. other um
1: Caleb stories? No, uh, there was the uh the poop the poop story.
2: Okay. Oh. And that well. should be good. Yeah, it's poopy. This <clears> week <throat> in Jeff's Life, let's hear poop.
1: All right, people. So this was yesterday and we're, we're all getting in the car. We're going somewhere and whole family's just packing in and we uh, get in and my wife goes, uh, Christian's coming, I mean, Caleb, my four-year-old's coming across the street from the neighbors and he uh, jumps in the car and Tanya's buckling him in and she's like, what is that smell? Caleb, did you poop your pants again? You go over to your friends and you poop your pants. So no, he's out of diapers. Out of diapers, and and they play all day long. And so I'm 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 in the driver's seat, and I can see Tony's back there, just like, no, you smell. Did you poop your pants again? And Caleb's like, no, I didn't poop my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking. Oh man, he's probably got a whole, whole boatload full of poop back there, and uh, she's like, "Get out!" And I can see from the rearview mirror, looking back as she's pulling his pants down to check. It's everywhere. I mean, it's just—it's
2: a good one. <laughs> dry. Yeah.
1: It okay. Oh, still wet. So I found that out. It was a little. It was a little dry and crusty, because I'm thinking, okay. Acts of service right here. The spirit's moving in me. I got to get out of the You're car. You're going to
2: speak her love language. Right now. You were going to love on your wife. She was ticked off. She was so frustrated at
1: him. She was like, I d- every time, you, you got to be able to go back. I'm like, you know what? Come on, Caleb. You got some poop in your pants? Oh, right. It was like uh, Justin Timberlake on Saturday Live or something. Woo, yeah, you got poop in your pants. Woo, let's have a poop party. So I picked up the kid. And I'm taking him to the backyard. He's like, "Where are we going?" I'm like, "Take your clothes off." He's like, "Okay, take us take all his clothes off." He's like, "Where are we going?" I'm like, "We're going. We're gonna put you in the the sprayer." He's like, "What sprayer?" I'm like, "You know, the hose." He's like, "There's no hose on there." I'm like, "Okay." I turn on the faucet to the hose. The hose is not on, so I turn on the faucet. Did you make him put I'm the like, lotion in the basket first? <laughs> I'm like, Caleb, you gotta you gotta bend over. And I'm just holding them like upside, like sideways, parallel to the ground as water's just shooting up his bottom. And I'm just kind of moving around just a little bit, just a little bit. And then I'm checking. Okay, still a little bit. So
2: there's an amazing <laughs> visual of you're holding his butt up, basically.
1: I'm holding him by the... The hips. Well, kind of by the chest and the hips at okay. the same time. He's small enough. Yeah. And and I'm just kind of... It's amazing. Yeah. And, and so I'm like, okay, that's good. Now we're going to go to the shower. He gets in there and he's got grass all over his feet. So I'm carrying him all the way in. I drop him in, turn on the water and he's like, what are we doing? I'm like, I got to, I got to clean you. I got to clean the rest of you. And so as you got to do, you got to get some soap and then I got to get in there and in the crotch area. And it's like, it was like crusted dirt. <laughs> it must've been there for uh, hours. Did you get out the pressure washer?
2: <laughs> this was after the pressure washer. Yes.
1: Yes, there was so much down there. I mean, it was just, it was, it was gnarly. And uh, <laughs> my wife pops her head into the shower and she's like, uh, you need some bleach? <laughs> so like, yes. What? No, we're good. We're good. I just got to clean up some uh, grass and stuff in here. Yeah. Um, and stuff. <laughs> and stuff and some crusties. But yeah, she, she just, I'm glad I took that because I kind of looked up at her and she had this, like, oh, God, this kid. Uh, why does he do that? Hmm. Why does he do that to me? I'm like, I'm thinking, yep, yeah, I'm glad I glad I took this one. Cause but
2: inside, would, in her subconscious, there's a lot of, well, Jeff is speaking my love language right now. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a good night. No, moving on. I didn't ask about that. Did you use a power washer? (laughs) No power washer. So why did he wait? He's potty trained. No, he needs to play. He needs to play. He needs to play. He couldn't get
1: off the play field. So he poops? He
0: had to go, and he went in while he's playing.
1: Priorities. Keep running around and yelling and screaming like you're in the middle of the jungle. And you're Tarzan. Yeah. Or go somewhere and take. You can't a tell moment me Tarzan to to didn't bathroom. shit
2: himself every once in a while. <laughs> Tarzan definitely did. And there's no way. I mean, he he wore kind of a diaper, but there's no way. It, <laughs> I mean, there was like weird. There's dangling. There's there's all kinds of interesting things going on physically with Tarzan. And he didn't have a power washer back then. I guess elephant?
0: He could, he could have used an elephant.
2: Oh, <clears throat> gosh.
1: <laughs> bad visual.
2: Bad visual. Coming, th- you're the one with bad penis, penis throat, poop, poop crust. Yeah, but you power went. Power wash, rotate baby's hips. Damn yeah, it. A- <laughs> <laughs> baby's hips. You went
1: animal. <clears throat> Elephant. <laughs> Zach,
2: don't you have any good kids stories? I do. Great kids stories, but you've fulfilled our quotient of kids stories for the night.
0: The quotient. The quotient.
2: <clears throat>
0: Scott, any kids stories? No. I might have a midlife crisis story. Oh, sweet. But we don't need to go there anyway. No, tell
1: us on. about how bad your life is. Go.
0: So, I mean, my life, right, it's not bad.
1: Yeah, I know. Uh,
0: <clears throat> um, Hi, but I think I am having a crisis of sort. I kind of know what I want to do. It's yeah. temporary. I think I'm going to do it.
1: Does it require you moving into my RV? No. Blo- that c- it
2: re- does it require you buying something with four wheels?
1: Does it require, no. it require you quitting your job? Yes. <gasps> oh, no.
0: Don't tell my boss.
1: <laughs> I already told him.
2: <laughs> I told him four months ago. <clears throat> but anyway... <laughs>
0: No, I, no. It's just a classic
2: a, four month notice. Yeah, everybody's doing it these days. Yeah, it
1: buys On you time. point, Scott. Yeah. No, it's 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 benign, relatively benign. So it's a mid, it's a semi midlife crisis, kind of like
2: a tumor in the back of Tanya's throat. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, it could kill me though. <laughs> I could actually Sorry, dive. Jeff. Wait, is this
1: some is something serious happening?
0: Well, it would be serious, yes, but I mean, but it's rather benign in context. Yeah. Um, But it's more like something that you would do before you, like right after you graduate
1: college, you do this. I'm just doing it right before I turn 40. Could we open up the doors and see what that is? Behind door number one. Oh, you could. Yeah, I'll give you three guesses. Oh, we have to guess? Okay, what do you do? Zach, what can Zach? Zach is can guess.
2: Sure, I can guess. Jeff, I can. All right, guess. <laughs>
1: what do you do before you finish
0: college? <laughs> do you want to do three questions or twenty questions? Three guesses or twenty questions? What does it rhyme with? No, let's do three questions. It rhymes with
1: MCTL. Get okay, my I don't
2: MCTL. MCTL
1: MCTL
0: MCTL MCTL. That's actually.
1: I'm just gonna say
2: we're in a thunderstorm. Every time you hear that buzz, thunder struck, lightning struck, thunder can't strike. Okay. MCTL, you're going to Yale. It's actually a decent uh, rhyme.
0: Surprised you came up with it. You're gonna soil your royal oats. Soil my. I would love to. (laughs) Oh my gosh.
2: That's
1: my favorite drop. <laughs> I
3: don't
0: remember. Okay, guys, says you-, you
1: guys are so boring. You're moving. I don't know, MCTN. It, it would. It, it's related to that. What you do before college? I'm moving. No, you don't do that. You travel. It, it, it's kind of that. Are you going to travel? It's it's related to that, but
0: it's not exactly that. But it's it's close. It's <sighs> a specific type of travel.
2: You're gonna be homeless. I will be. You're gonna sell your house for a while. You're gonna hit the road. So, yes. Okay. Why don't you just tell specifically,
1: us specifically? There's but, but there's a specific. Are you gonna take a backpacking trip? Yes. Yahtzee. I don't know how I pulled that. Are you one going out with Brandon and Andrus? Is he going on a backpacking
2: trip in Alaska? What? Oh my goodness! Is he gonna be on our podcast soon? Yeah, he is later on. <laughs> Hour? oh my gosh the thunder and lightning storm so mct ale would be the
0: pct trail. oh
1: man pacific crest trombone trombone i'm gonna trombone it if you do do that i am dude. envious man so it's a i know some typical guys that have been doing that over the last yeah. six
0: months typical start date is in, in april parts. So I've got a few months, I've got about eight months to train for it. So you're not going to sell your house? You're going to rent I, it out? I w- well, my first thought is to sell it. Um, this is probably a deeper discussion, but, you know, potential economic collapse and whatnot. But Wow. I, wow. <laughs> because, uh, but um, I could, I mean, I, I've, I've thought about just renting it out, but um might be easier just to sell it. and don't go the easy route, right? Well, right. The Pacific, right? I would. I'm the easy route in the. I'm not talking about PCT. <laughs> the the house department mm-hmm. would be the easy route. The PCT trail would not be the easy route, but but yeah, I I, I think that would be a good time. Well, so how long would this trip be? From what I what I see, it's four to six months for people who
1: don't have experience doing it. Okay, so you are going to resign from your position. Oh, I'd love to. Okay, so you're so you're going to sell. Well, okay, so you you need some money first of all, right? Right. So that's In the dilemma savings, with not selling right. my house is that if you don't right. save, if you don't sell it, then you. I mean. Few months of you know, someone not renting it puts you in a bind, yeah. Okay. it would,
0: yeah. Now, by April, I'd probably get like uh, you know, my tax return, right, which would hold me over. Um, and then I'll you know, try to save up in the next six months to eight months, whatever.
2: That so is kind th- of okay. midlife crisis y. I mean, I've thought I'm about not opposed to this, You're I've single. thought about
0: doing it many years ago, maybe even 10 years ago. I thought about doing it, but and I I've believe been, you. You know, stuff goes on, you know, go to college and try to get a job and trying to build a career. And it's like, oh, yeah, I had this thought one time of, of doing that, of doing the Appalachian Trail. Oh. But yeah, doing the PCT, I think that'd be cool. So, I Zach, like I need a ride, or Jeff, to the Mex- Mexican border. Okay. Around, Sweet. Around April 20-something. I could yeah. have done
1: that for you last week.
2: Yeah. Wait, that so that goes north from Mexico up to? Canada. Canada. Yes, which I think is what do, do French that movie that with no, that, that girl Reese Reese Witherspoon, yeah. and she was so brave. <laughs> she's so brave. <laughs> I remember the talk being. It was actually a good movie, but the talk was. She's just so just going doing the movie without makeup and just looking <laughs> gross. She was so brave. Uh, Trust so me, she brave. was wearing makeup. They just put makeup on to make her look like she was not wearing makeup. Either way, it doesn't matter. She was brave. Yeah, just make it up. Just just brave. Just brave. <coughs> yeah. Bravery. So, It was a good movie though. Yeah. Yeah. Reese. Is yeah. that what it was called? Witherspoon. It's called no. Wild. Oh, yeah.
0: Into the yeah. Witherspoon. And
2: you did see there was a little <laughs> bit of nudity on Reese which is not typical if you follow her work as closely as Jeff does. Uh, he will tell you that there's not a lot of nudity when it comes to Reese Witherspoon. Nope. Legally blonde did not have any nudity.
1: I got to say that I like that movie, but we're not talking about movies here. Besides Wild.
0: All right. Well, <laughs> so yeah, it's something more. I think about. So you got I think you guys need to keep me uh, you know, accountable to to getting trained and
1: um, well, we'll
2: look forward to that. Do Scott, do, 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 your do updates. Do.
1: Yeah, so you'll be. Dunkirchen? You'll be off the grid for six months? I'll be off the grid for
0: six months. Yeah.
1: Nice. Yeah. That'll be great. I think so it'll be cool. Could, it'll be pretty agreeable podcast from then on. Yeah, because Jeff and I never disagree. Hey, guys. Um, no one ever said anything about me not being on the podcast. Oh, wow. oh sh- I'm oh, sorry wow. I jumped the I mean, there. It,
0: it's Yeah, it's the desert and oh. the mountains, but I mean, we're in, we're in America.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hello, welcome to Bros. <laughs> yeah. Bibles Beer. I'm Zach. <laughs> I'm Jeff. And Scott. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm in the mountains somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Can't yeah, hear you, Scott. Me. Scott, we're going to have to cut you off. You don't sound too good. Go find a snake. And eat it. The snake. Smash it with your heel. All right. Should we do some feedback?
2: Oh, yeah.
3: Feedback. Feedback. Now it's time to-
0: That was um, good yeah. feedback. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Our listenership is uh, rolling out, uh, supporting us, clicking those buttons. Um, All right. Man,
2: feedback. Do we need to play the music again? Mm, just kind of... No. Oh, <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Nick Simpson on Facebook uh, was replying to the episode with Dan Koch. From reconstruct and depolarize, and he said, "Really love this one. This one." Oh, he was,
0: he was gonna blame me. I know. And then right when he started talking, he's <laughs> it started.
2: Really love this I one, was bros. Still. Keep it up. Thanks, Nick. I love you. I mean, we love you. Okay. Thanks, Nick. We also got uh, Twitter Namway Design who I also happen to know is uh, Nathan Miller West at Dan Coke at Rose Bibles beer, winner, winner, chicken dinner, another awesome interview, two more podcasts to subscribe to hashtag not all God's children question mark. Mm. Oh, interesting. <laughs> That's probably directed <laughs> towards me. <laughs> ah, Scott. So yeah, I think, I
0: think I got a little carried away and I was like, come on, Dan, L- looking at the New Testament, you, you got h- how does the New Testament define who God's children are? Uh, or is or is. Who is God's children?
1: Right? Am I right, guys? Hey, God's present in all of it, all right?
0: Yeah, but but it is an interesting study to look at at what is <laughs> is are were will be God's children? Not all people are God's children by default.
1: Jeff, what do you think about that? I'm imagining you on the PCG trail going, am I not one of your children? Where is my f- manna? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm starving. Yeah. Well, in the interest of not opening cans of worms, I'm going to leave it there. Uh, because it's the- his podcast, Scott, right?
1: No. I,
2: Scott. Hey,
0: Zach, whatever you want to do, man. Yeah, yeah whatever you want to do. As soon
2: as I respond to what Scott just said, we are off and running to the races. We 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 got at least sixteen minutes before we uh, need to call Mister Brandon. I can't. I'm crusty. I've been working all day. Yeah, I need your power washer, Jeff.
1: <laughs> We're gonna have to take a
2: ride. Did you bring? <laughs> Good grief! <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> <yet>. Oh
0: man! <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do it. But anyway, well. So it is it is an interesting an interesting thing we are made in God's image but I'm just going to prod till you respond Zach um unless you have another topic but uh yeah I mean just because we're all made in God's image does that mean that we are children of God as is kind of defined by the New Testament there's a specific specific reference to what the children of God are that is distinct from simply being made in God's image. Okay, and that would be the children of God are those who are in Christ, uh, those who love God, those who uh, do the uh, follow the commandments of God. And one, po- did you just cut me off?
3: <laughs> that was good. <laughs> that was all right. Well, what
1: was happening gone.
0: there? Oh, whoa, I think we're. Are, I mean, I could still. That was so rad. <laughs>
2: well, I'm getting kicked back here. <laughs> all right, Ooh. I all have right. no idea what's happening. We should probably stop and save before we talk to Brandon. We got even, Brandon Andrus, I'm not even hearing anything on here. Yeah, that. turn it off. Yeah, let's save it, but yeah. It just yeah, you're defining who are in Christ. Um, It depends on how you define who is in Christ and who is not in Christ. Well, well,
0: even even before you get to who is in Christ and who is not in Christ, the children of God are those who are in Christ. So no matter so before you even get to how that's defined, um, the children of God are limited to those who are in Christ.
1: Little baby was just born. Is that baby in Christ? I would say yes. Okay. I
0: would say that that God's justice is would would cover those who are who are are not able to make those decisions yet.
2: Right. And so we probably should abort that baby just to guarantee that that child would be safe for eternity.
1: Why would we do that? Coming in hard here
2: because <laughs> because that's the world God apparently created. In this scenario, it's better to ab- abort children because a greater percentage than not is going to end up not choosing Christ and and being in hell uh forever according to some. Well, yeah, I mean
0: that that's an interesting way to use logic. Um and I'm not opposed to using logic, but when when scripture expressly Says things,
2: maybe it's maybe it doesn't say quite what you think it means. Well, no, ex- it's especially
0: says things like "thou shalt not kill." Um, that 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 piece of logic cannot be used to then nullify what's expressly um, revealed in scripture. Right. So, so but that to me, means
2: you're buying into you're buying into that logic that we do live in the in the world where, yes, if we could. Not let babies grow to whatever the age of accountability is; those babies would be safe eternally.
0: I'm not buying into that logic. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not. But
2: you do because if that baby grows up and doesn't choose Christ during this life, uh, quotation marks, money ears, that baby will will be separated from God eternally, in your view, or that person. I, but I'm not. I'm not buying into that.
0: We should kill. No, I know, but that's the, that's the well. That's what I'm saying. That's you can't, the
2: universe that God has created. Well, no, you can't. In you, your but you view. can't.
0: I, I, I don't think that you can use logic in that way. When Scripture has, I know, it's
2: uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> well, no, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm evaluating it, and I'm saying that Scripture has revealed that uh, God has created the universe. Uh, we, we do have a, a choice. Do we? Do we have a choice to either? accept or reject god um and if if you are not able to make that choice then i i god's justice is i i think is is pure and and full of love so god really doesn't want us to talk about this right now
2: she might not that's that's <laughs> yeah oh boy semi-blastic i'm going to have to go get another beer <laughs> all right well Thanks for the feedback. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at BrosBiblesBeer. Send us a review on iTunes. That would be awesome. BrosBiblesBeer. BrosBibles and beer. And. Tell your friends. And. A-N-D or ampersand? Scott and I still love each other, allegedly, even after these vigorous debates. And that was a big can of worms. And it might come up when we talk to
3: Brandon.
4: (laughs) So which one of you uh, wrecked in Moab?
1: Yes. Show him your your words. Show him your third (laughs) boot. Jeff, show him your third boot. Yes. Jeff wrecked in Moab. I (laughs) I completely lost it on a just the side of the mountain and uh decided to throw my bike out in front of me and then it just stuck in the ground and I did a free fall right on the steel handlebar <laughs> as it was lodged in the rock. So I mean,
4: was that your first was that your first time in Moab? That was my first time biking. <laughs>
1: oh wow. I mean wow. serious first time mountain biking. that was my baptism.
4: <laughs> That's a rough place to begin. Who you're telling me? Yeah, I've I've been there a couple of times, and I went to varying levels of um, uh, roots, And there's one that just kind of tore me up, and so I pretty much stayed to the the beginner roots. Stay away from the big stuff.
0: No, Jeff. Jeff goes right towards it like a magnet. I'm all
1: in, and I pay for it. <laughs>
0: this this was a section that's just just downhill, and it's only rock. There there are, there is no dirt very little Brent, very little bush and it's just rock and it has a couple of good drop-offs and I mean I, I don't even know if your brakes can stop you once you get going
2: at some, yeah. point, at some point Jeff is going to die doing something like this and at the funeral somebody's going to say he died doing what he loves and first thing <laughs> in my mouth is going to be what stupid shit <laughs> yeah.
4: Uh, yeah, that's good so are, are you recuperating
1: yes it took a i still have some um uh like okay it's not completely healed but how long has it been it's been like two months what did we go in end, end of April in April man yes so we're on three months two 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 and a half two months? two months two yeah something like that but it it two, took wow. it took a while um where I couldn't even sleep on my um on my front. So I couldn't sleep on my stomach. That wasn't happening. And the sleep on my back wasn't happening either. So I was like on one side and it was uncomfortable for about two weeks. Wow. Got past that and uh, I'm alive. So that's But I'm telling you, when when I fell on when I fell, I had about Oops. one minute of um, I'm not exactly sure if I'm going to live. Is there a hole in my chest somewhere? Oh Man, I was literally scrambling to just find a hole in my ribs somewhere <laughs> and, and just plug it. That's uh, like, yeah. But it was good. It was good. I'm good. And uh, I'd love to go again.
0: <laughs> so this is a section incredible. that's I, I can't remember if it's upper porcupine or if it's like a few miles before upper porcupine or something. But I mean, it's just a
1: steep rock section. I walked Whoa. down it. You did? Oh, yeah. That was right, so right after that is where i fell I walk yeah, I re- where right, others walk Jeff I walk it yeah. was just it was a oh, so I- straight it was like straight down just some wall- it looked like it looked like cement, but it was snowing, <laughs> so it was wet, and I'm like, what are we doing? It's snowing, and we're going down a wet rock face, and this isn't even my bike and all right, but I don't you know, mountain biking. I think I think you, you either you have an excuse
0: slash. Okay, guys, check your gear first. Was it your backpack
1: strap that got caught on the seat? Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know that my backpack had a bottom strap that was supposed to go around the front <laughs> of me. It's, it's a hip strap. And so sorry. My fork- I'm a Trump voter. (laughs) No, no, it it was stuck on my... So when I went to sit up when I was going down the hill, I don't know if you call it a hill, more like a um, drop-off, I I felt a tug on my back like, wait, why can't I sit up and get my balance? And so I had to kind of back down and kind of push myself back behind my seat and lift up. Well, when I did that, everything just turned and I was gone.
4: That is amazing.
1: Yeah, it was
2: amazing. So Jeff's never we prepared. Just, go ahead.
4: You know, I was just going to say that my my daughters and I went to Moab uh, over spring break this year, and so my 14 year old and my 17 year old and I did the exact same route that you did, and they did it without any problem. <laughs> <I'm> just...
1: <laughs> and your daughters are seven uh, and eight years old, right? Uh, <laughs> they just went down their tricycles. <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: <laughs> no, actually, we we did go there, but we
4: didn't do that route
0: yeah it's part of the whole enchilada yeah
2: so yeah. you know about preparing you're you're going to alaska soon is that backpacking what's going on with that
4: yeah so yeah in about four weeks and three days but who's counting um mm-hmm. we, we have a massive backpacking trip coming up to Wrangell-St. elias which is the largest national park in the u.s so it, 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 logistically it's amazing i mean we have to fly to Anchorage and then take an eight hour drive from Anchorage East to the Southeast corner of Alaska, which is on the border of Canada. And then once we get to this town called McCarthy, we take a bush plane in and fly into the Wrangles and the bush plane drops us off and leaves us for six nights, seven days and meets us at a rendezvous point. So, This is going to be one of our biggest challenges yet. I mean, we we did Denali uh, six nights, seven days a few years ago. And, I mean, we've had some really big trips. But in terms of off the grid, I mean, there's no question that this one is the most remote off the grid that we've ever done. But, yeah,
2: we're we're ready. Ready to go. That
1: sounds exciting.
2: What? Do you have to bring, like, do you have to bring weapons and stuff for bears?
4: No, we just we just do uh bear spray. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like what's going to stop a bear. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, there've been people who shoot them in the face and they don't stop. So, right. I mean, I, I read, a, I read a story from last week. Um, a guy was getting attacked and sprayed it with bear spray and guess what? It, it left. So, you know, it, it just uh, it, they always say that, the best way to not get attacked by a bear is just not to be the slowest runner. So I've just been prepping to. So just taking a lot of weird. slower runners with me.
2: Yeah, doing <laughs> doing sprints.
1: Children, keep up. <laughs>
2: I told you to train. Have you yeah. ever seen Grizzly Man?
3: Yeah,
4: that's that was horrific, huh? Thanks for bringing that up. You're welcome. <laughs> You should watch it. The, the, week the blood you leave. curdling screams. Yeah. <laughs> I'll play for my wife so she can uh, hear
2: it before I go. Yeah. Oh man. That's brutal. Yeah.
4: Yeah, we're we're pretty ramped up, man. I every year we do a big trip and each trip um logistically is a little bit different than than, than the others. Uh, I think it was 2 years ago we did half of the John I think we did like 112 miles and then ended up on top of Whitney that was like a seven-night-eight-day deal, and that was a blast.
0: Cool. Yeah, so that's part of the PCT, Last year we, right? Uh,
4: PCT connects with it for a portion, yeah. So okay. we were on John Muir and then also PCT at one point, and then it ends on Whitney. So, man, just the mileage and the elevation on that was completely insane. I think we pulled like 25,000 feet. Um, we did 25,000 feet um altitude over that 110 miles and that's just something crazy. Uh probably was in the best shape of my life when I did it though. Last year we did um Wind River Range in Wyoming and got caught in a pretty big snowstorm at about 11,000 feet and had to change our route because we were not at, we we never do trails typically. Typically we don't do trails. Uh, so we were doing a lot of off-trail in in this particular uh, place, and we had to change our route because it just became too too difficult. So yeah, every every trip has its challenges, but you know it's it's a blast. We get to see places that really we calculated at one point the percentage of people that actually get to see some of the spots that we see, and it's really kind of ridiculous, like 0.00001% of the population ever gets to see some of those spots. So that's what keeps us coming back. Yeah.
2: Do you feel connected to God in a different way when you were in that experience in the wilderness?
4: I think it's kind of hard for people not to. Um, I I think for me, I've written a, a couple of blog posts over the last month talking about it, Uh, just different elements of it. It's it's really interesting. I've probably done significant backpacking over the last eight to nine years, and I've never really written about it other than on my backpacking blog, which is more logistical. And so on my normal faith blog, I've written a couple of posts recently that talk about just some of the spiritual elements of it. And I think one of the things for me that's probably the most profound is that to be so disconnected and cut off from all of civilization. You you don't know what's going on in the news. You don't know what's going on in the world. Um, There's no way to communicate with anyone. So there's no communicating with my family, my wife. And whenever you're out seven or eight days and disconnected from everything, I think in one sense, there's this really amazing solitude and refreshing that happens. just not having any stress on you whatsoever. So I think that that's part of it. There's just a real rejuvenation, even though it's physically exhausting, mentally uh, and spiritually, it's very rejuvenating. But I think the other part is just coming back into it and just realizing how bombarded we are with so much, so much stimuli, you know, all the time and it's nonstop. And we kind of, I, I don't think that sometimes we really acknowledge the fact that how addicted we are to this, all the stimuli and how
3: like podcasts
0: and stuff.
4: Yeah. Like podcasts. (laughs) Now we just kind of feed on that. And I think that that kind of becomes a normal part of our life. And whenever you check out of that for a while, I think you're more aware, maybe more in tune with the fact that, you know, we kind of hover on the edges of real life and we feed off of these, um, you know, all of the busyness and all of the news and all of the inputs that we have. Um, I think it's just a very good, I think it's a good spiritual practice just to get away and find solitude and peace and silence in one sense. But, you know, even if people aren't really spiritual, I think that people would have something close to a spiritual experience just by getting out of this everyday um, rat race that we're in.
0: Oh, totally. Totally. So if you're going <coughs> to go on a long-distance hike, which, uh, which backpack would you take? Like an Osprey wow. or what uh, What are you looking yeah, at? Yeah,
4: I have an Osprey myself. Um, I think it's an Aether 65 80, or, oh, 80. 80, 80, I think. Yeah, the, the Alaska Trips takes up every bit of the 80 <laughs> yeah, yeah. because cool. you never yeah. know. Cold weather, you you never know what you're going to get. So we have to basically pack accordingly and then with a bear can in the mix, you know, and filling it up with food. And then, you know, on this one, we're going to be doing a couple of glaciers. And so we have, um, you know, some, well, nothing technical, but we'll have some micro spikes and things like that. So, I mean, there are certain things that we have to be very specific on. But unfortunately for the Alaska trip, it really, I know the Denali trip took every single inch of my pack hmm. i mean i had everything extended out and everything was full to the very top and i think it was still only about you know 35 40 pounds wow. but <laughs> you know
1: so I yeah. think we, 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 I knew, before okay. you go before, before you go into uh wherever we're going here i'd like to just come back to you know the idea of how much stuff is going on that just keeps us busy sure. it just reminded me of Um, this scene from about 10 years ago. um, I was not too far from our local mountains and the clouds were kind of parting, but there was no pollution in the area. Uh, There was no smog covering um, the mountains. I mean, you could see everything. It was crystal clear. And it was the most beautiful picture of the mountains that I had seen in a long time. And I just sat there in awe and stared at it, and I, I was kind of in a spot where I didn't see any cars, I didn't hear anything. I just saw this majestic view, and it's it, just to go back to what you're talking about. We have so much pollution that we keep in our lives, yeah, and we absolutely. never see anything clearly, yeah. um, or we just don't realize that it's polluted, and it's it's a huge challenge. For all of us to get rid of all of that, and yeah, it's like to find like, a balance. I don't even know if there's a balance. Just get rid of all of it. It's like that—that mm. that pollution
0: you see in the air is an analogy to <sighs> yes. the pollution that we have going on that we're being bombarded with. Like, like Aunt Brandon was saying, like, how do you clear your mind if you're just
1: <laughs> continually bombarded with with stuff? Because I feel like I've gotten life like filled back up when I go to like uh, to the mountains or to a a church retreat with the guys or something like that. And I just, I get my time and I leave the mountain feeling refreshed and full and ready to take on the world again. Um, Not that I wasn't, but I have a much clearer, less polluted vision when I go into back, you know, back home and into the real world. So yeah, it's absolutely. it's awesome that you you do this stuff, and I'm sure your connection, I mean, with the world is gone, and you're literally just connected with God and the life that you get to see out in the middle of nowhere, which is amazing.
4: Yeah, it, it really is amazing, and I feel very fortunate to be able to do it. You know, I think that one of the things that I'm really aware of is just trying to come back home and not leave that there you know and what what does that look like um what i talked to my oldest daughter she's 17 i talked to her quite a bit about uh, this idea and i made her read uh the first part of richard Rohr's book everything belongs but in the at the very beginning of the book he says that we are circumference people who kind of live on the edges and we never um we never really find access to the center and he said we can we can get to a point where we start we we mistake the circumference or the edges as essence so we can begin believing that this circumference life that we live is actually real life and some people never make it beyond that and so i think just having an awareness that there is more you know there's so much more than punching the clock every day. There's so much more than running from point A to point B. There's so much more than uh, the pollution that you're talking about, metaphorically. and man, if, if we can just find that and tap into it, and maybe it's as simple as just going and lying in your backyard and just closing your eyes and running your fingers through the grass or just looking at the bark and how intricate it is on the tree and, and, and the ants that are climbing through the bark doing their job and just kind of being amazed at leaves and the wind blowing. And I think anybody can do that. And, you know, it doesn't take going out on a hike in Alaska, even though that's an amazing experience and it's mm-hmm. life changing and it's life altering and just b- believe that we can have access to it. It would be an amazing thing for everybody.
2: Yeah. And some, somehow bringing that, you, you get some, you gain perspective when you get out and then bringing that to whatever your day-to-day life looks like and being a part of bringing that to other people because right. real life happens. And if, we're gonna to try to try to affect change for this thing we call the kingdom in real life. It's gonna be ugly scenarios and busy scenarios and hectic scenarios, and somehow we got to bring a little bit of that piece to it. Yeah, I, I don't think know so. how, For I'm... the record, I don't know how. How, Brandon? <laughs>
4: <laughs> I always, somebody sent me a note the other day after I posted. Uh, that blog post and they said you know so what happens if you can't do what you're talking about like go out into the middle of nowhere and i said do you have a closet do you have a tree that you could climb do you have you know can you just go out and sit on your steps and just watch and just listen and just breathe and you know like i said it doesn't take money it doesn't take um resources it doesn't take having access to national parks you know i live in indiana um, <laughs> and you know, there, there are ways that even in the place that I am, where I can find retreat and find that space where I can just clear my mind and just meditate. And I don't know, man, I, you know, it, it does something to you. Um, again, it, is, it, is it physiological? Yes. You know, is it spiritual? Yes. Is it a mental thing? Is it psychological? Yes. But I, I think that all of these things come together, um, to just give you uh, clarity, to relieve stress. Um, I don't know. A lot of things have changed over my life as I've gotten older, of uh, just being more aware of my body and just being, you um, hear my doorbell ringing? <laughs>
0: Pizza! <laughs>
4: yeah. Uh, hold on one
2: second. No problem. Okay, so. I'm glad he's, in, I'm glad he's not in his car. Yeah. Like seeing him really. and his amazing beard.
0: I heard that. Is that is that a gentleman caller for your daughter?
4: Hey, <laughs> hey Gwen. Uh, all right. You can edit all this out, right?
2: Uh I can. Yeah, we'll, it's we'll just, edit it's, that it's out so much good. better. <laughs> With... here, say you can say hi to Brandon. Come here. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: We're working on um, uh, you know,
1: <clears> that. <throat> <laughs> huh. Why do all kids that's act right. like they're minions? Yeah, um,
0: well, because that's what they watch. That's what parents feed their brains, and that's all they... <laughs> I just...
2: All right, now we're even. You interrupted, and we got interrupted. We're, we're all good. Well,
4: let me put my last interruption in. It, okay. it looks like that I may um, may need to check my battery here. My okay. iPhone seems to be just draining, so I might have to plug in the
3: iPad. How's my hair? Second. Okay. Let, me t- let, me, let me take a look. Can you okay. see it?
0: So I thought you know hiking the PCT would be cool and all, and then he has to go and one up me by going to
2: Alaska. Hey, I, don't you know, start I, don't want, I don't even want to hey. bring it up. At least you have a good backpack. I know Jeff. Jeff's backpack is going to be a JanSport. <laughs> he right. would. Jeff would go
0: in a, in a JanSport with like you know sixteen ounces of water. It's like I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna start at the border, and I'm just gonna go through the desert.
1: I'll, Doesn't find, matter. I'll find water I'll along find, the way.
0: I'll dig with my hands.
1: <laughs> Scott's having a, a semi midlife crisis. I'm having crisis, a midlife crisis, so, Brandon, and it ties into your uh, travels.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, and my question. So yeah. So I, I'm I'm planning on doing the PCT in April. So I got I yes. got a few months to train. So.
4: Are you doing the entire PCT? <sighs> so that's a loaded question.
3: I uh, wasn't prepared for that. Yes, uh, but but yeah, I mean that yeah. would be the plan that, that there would be no okay.
0: reason, there would be no reason other than me getting injured or wussing out. That yeah, yeah. He's
1: quitting his job. He's selling yeah, his house. Exactly. So but, I mean, it wouldn't. No, we've already spoken about this. We have counseled <laughs> him, and he's still leaving.
0: It would involve all the things that would be necessary
1: to do the whole
0: thing in four to six yeah. months or whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow. So he, I, yeah. he saw wild and he's like, I think I probably could meet Reese Witherspoon. Is <laughs> no, that, that the one with looking for a woman? Maybe she's that's how I'll so... find her.
2: She's, I think she's she's married, but okay. There's other women on there the are. PCT trail. There, there are. Do not take
4: your boots off and throw them over the uh cliff.
2: No, that was a huge mistake. <laughs>
0: Is that, did that happen in the movie? Yeah. How many grown men yeah. have seen this movie?
2: Four out of five Like of straight,
0: us. no, straight grown men. Four, three out of Four. five of us.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, oh, I sorry. haven't
0: seen I haven't even heard it. Well, I, I don't watch a lot of movies, so.
4: I say do it. Yeah,
0: do I, it, I think do it'll what be, you got to do. I, I think it'll be, because uh, what else am I going to do? I don't have kids.
2: You might find yourself.
0: I, I. Possibly, but it would be good to just get away. Um, I yeah yeah. Hey,
1: so and you might accept Christ out there on the trail.
0: I might. <laughs> I you know, yeah. I'm, I it's possible. It's possible. You might
4: find him on the trail. Yeah, oh, that would or
0: be fantastic. <laughs> a few of them, or 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 come to realize that you know, it just <laughs> just doesn't really matter.
2: Yeah. wow what? what that got
1: dark wow <laughs> yeah it'd be five days into can, do you ha- okay is it possible have you thought about the fact that let's say you quit your job sell your place and you're out on the trail and you're like five days in and you're like i have regrets what like, have i'd I be done? like
0: okay wait if i go directly west i could probably <laughs> hit southern orange county <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> where i could
0: <laughs> where i could go a couple miles hit a road and get an uber Oh, my
3: goodness
0: yeah. <laughs> that is possible i you know I'm not the toughest person, so yes, yes, that is possible.
4: <laughs> I think you just have to do it, yeah, yeah, and if you need help planning it, just let me know
0: yeah, well that, you know that's one of the things that, like just just the just getting a backpack's like how light do I need to be? you know does it matter? does it really matter if it's five <sighs> pounds or if it's four and a half pounds the you know the backpack? Uh, there's just uh, so much, uh, so much to think about, and uh, you know, uh.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do it. All right. Uh. Well, now you've you've made it in front of God, Brandon, and and y'all our, our dozens of listeners and, and it, <laughs> it, people in every state except Massachusetts. I haven't checked. It might be true. Vermont, 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 Vermont is our holdout. <laughs>
0: yeah. So if you can take a trip to. Vermont, there, Brandon, from download Indiana. from Vermont. It's probably only ten hours. Yeah, <laughs>
4: try to do that. But, I, uh, I, uh, I think Vermont was the only state the Inglorious Pastards did not have a download from either. So there's something going on in
0: we Vermont. Have, I remember God, that. Is that Bernie Sanders' state? What's going on? I mean, it's got to be. You.
2: It's definitely connected to Bernie Sanders <sighs> somehow. Good I mean, that's grief. irrefutable. <sighs> that Explains it. So, Brandon, do you have? Did you write any notes for this episode? <clears throat> no. Okay. Uh, so. Th- that's what I okay. Either you're gonna have a ton of notes, or you're so <laughs> passionate about what we initially have you on for, and which wasn't backpacking, that you don't need notes. Huh.
4: I, I wrote a book on it.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, wait a second. Wait a second, Brandon. So Zach sends us a message. This is uh, I don't know how long ago, and he says, "Yeah, um, we're gonna have Brandon on, and we're uh, he's gonna be we're gonna be talking about the end of the world." And I, I sent him back a message. Oh, when is that? And he's like, well, it's going to be uh, in uh, July. Yeah, July and I'm like, I took
2: it seriously. It's <laughs> no,
1: like, when when the, the end of the world. Of the world? <laughs> Could you ask
2: Brandon for me? I guess you we'll find up? that out. Can you hold that book up again? It's, he's holding up a book called And Then the End Will Come, which we talked briefly about last time <clears> you were on. But I think now we can consider you the End Times correspondent of Bros Bibles and Beer. Oh, brother. How's that Yeah, maybe.
4: We'll see how it goes first. (laughs) so what's going on in Syria?
2: Is that what we're talking about? (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, we're going to tie modern events to End Times biblical prophecy. That's what we do. Yeah, we've done that that before. (laughs) Brandon, what was... Go back 10 to 20 years and God... Making a new heavens and new earth versus now, has there been any change in what that means to you?
4: Um, 10 to 20 years ago, I probably didn't know much about the Bible at all. Man, I, I had this moment probably about um, close to 10 years ago. And I just decided that at that point that I really, more than anything, needed to read the Bible as much as I could without filters or lenses and so i just sat down with the bible and just started reading it and it was really kind of amazing that if you if you're able to take off some of the filters and the lenses through which you view the bible or really anything that you do but especially faith because we wear political lenses we wear you know denominational lenses so on and so forth that you can read it a certain way and you can very easily um kind of blind yourself from some scriptures and you can really hone in on other ones. And so, you know, I, I kind of had a perspective that I was coming from growing up and to be honest, I really didn't know a whole lot about the Bible. So I just thought, I just thought I was going to sit down and go for it. So I really didn't have any big time perspective 20 years ago about the Bible really know, um, in times, uh, I, I knew Matthew 24 for sure. And I remember, I remember sitting down at church whenever I was a, a nice little young man, and during the church service, my dad kind of elbowed me and handed me the Bible and pointed to Matthew 24, and I started reading it, and I thought, oh, crap, you know, this is going down now, because it's like, what, early 80s, and— um, So, yeah, I I just remember that pretty vividly. And I think that certainly sparked my interest in the end times. And I think as I got older after college, um, I kind of went into a coffee shop Bible study with a very eclectic group of people who kind of took a very premillennial approach. uh, position on the end times. I think that was probably the first time that I ever heard of anything, someone even d- describing different theories on the end times, um, pre-millennial, pre-millennial, post-millennial, et cetera. So I think that I was unfortunately influenced maybe a little bit early on by the Left Behind series. And then as time went on um, and I really started reading the Bible for myself, I started seeing things that really I had not seen before. Kind of talking about the new heavens, new earth, Romans eight, First Corinthians fifteen, uh, Revelation twenty and twenty one, which we can talk about later or not. So anyway,
2: I know a lot of people that feel um, they just check out when when Christians talk about the end times, and generally it's generally it's Christians who might seem a little wacky it's like hyper interest in the the prophetic in a way of like, there's a direct, what you read in the Bible is definitely all in the future. All that prophecy is in the future. And so their websites for some, for some reason, these prophecy websites look like they were made (coughs) on Netscape or something. Like why why aren't they updated? (laughs) They're they're. Yeah,
0: they'll have like blue letters and
2: a lot of fla- flashing. A lot of actual flash. It's like
1: the fuzzy pictures of Bigfoot. The, there was footage <laughs> right, of Bigfoot. That's it. Why isn't it clear? And in HD. Well,
0: y, Y2, Y2K probably played a big role in that. that There's a, a, a big surge in, okay, well, we got we to gotta write about this because something, yeah. something's going to happen.
2: Yeah. And I, I came out of kind of the dispensationalist. Pre-tribulation rapture left behind, um, and yep. so I, def my views have kind of changed. And for a while, I was like, "What does it matter?" I'm just I, I don't need to worry about that, and I just kind of would check out of it because I didn't understand it. And I think so part of, partly it was a cop out, and I I sense that from a few people that I know now where yeah. it's a cop out. They hear the only people they hear talking about it are people that are waiting for a rapture that's going to imminently happen and right. before God does, battle, does the final battle. And so they check out because it's uncomfortable and uh, it's hard to understand. And mm-hmm. I, I think there's a better way, well, in my opinion, there's a better way to look at some of these things or at least prioritize these things. And so <clears throat> to me, that aspect of it is interesting.
4: Mm-hmm. One of the things that I talk about at the very beginning of the book is just how... There's this, there's this place in Matthew 23, you know, if you take the chapters and the verses off of um, the text, it actually reads more of, more as a narrative. And so in chapter 23 of Matthew, you have Jesus kind of giving the seven or eight woes to the Pharisees, you know, kind of the verbal smackdown. Um, and as Jesus finishes up in the temple going off against the Pharisees, he walks out And his disciples come up to him, and instead of them coming up and saying, whoa, 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 you know, asking some really good questions like, how can we keep from being religious like the Pharisees? Or how can we avoid being, you know, going down the wrong track like the Pharisees? Or how can we avoid, you know, becoming, um, appearing good on the outside but dirty on the inside? They didn't say any of that. The first thing that they do is they come up to Jesus and they say, hey, about that end time stuff, now, when's that going to go down? You know and i can just imagine jesus kind of halfway smirking and smiling and just shaking his head like wow i just i just did i just went off on these religious leaders but the only thing that you guys care about is when it's all going to go down and when my return is and i think it says a lot about jesus you know i think that we're curious people we want to know how the story ends and jesus doesn't punish them for being curious you know, I think that he reframes and reorients the entire discussion rightly and, and and explains it and puts it in perspective for them so that they would have a better perspective on maybe where they fit in that narrative and then what their role and responsibility is. And so, you know, you're exactly right. I think that there are people that can swing far one direction where all they do is worry about the future and say, you know, we've got to be looking at the signs and we need to see, you know, if the moon is turning to blood and we need to know, you know, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. There can be people on the other side and it's not really any better that just say, that just say, screw it all. We're not going to pay attention to it. It doesn't matter for anything. And I, I would probably come in to it a little bit different of just saying, you know even scripture tells us to be mindful you know to even be watchful but at the same time to not be paralyzed by it and i think that that's the thing is the reason that my book is called and then the end will come do you know where that comes from
2: i'm just going to say yes but i want you to tell the listeners
4: <laughs> you're so savvy there there's the verse in Matthew 24 that says And the good news of the kingdom of God will be preached to the entire world, and then the end will come. And it's kind of a play on it because some people focus so much on the end coming that they've neglected their task and responsibility of being proclaimers and preachers of the good news of the kingdom of God presently. I would even take it as far as to say that... the majority of evangelicalism has absolutely no idea what the kingdom of God is. And if you don't know what the kingdom of God is, then how can you preach it to the world? And why are you so worried about the end coming if you're not even doing your job of proclaiming the kingdom of God presently?
2: What does that look like, like proclaiming the kingdom of God presently? And I think a lot of times it's, it's mentioned in the Bible. Things are translated kingdom of heaven. Um, and there's a lot of a lot of references that people assume Jesus is talking about somewhere else.
4: Yeah. I think it's the passage in John where he says, um, you know, some people say here it is or there it is in reference to the kingdom of God, but he says the kingdom of God or the reign of God or the rule of God is within you. And I think that that's the key is that while some people might look toward, um, Earthly kingdoms, while some people may say, here it is or there it is, looking for something visibly, Jesus says very clearly, no, the, the reign of God or the kingdom of God is something that is planted within you. And that, that's kind of the key to understanding all of the parables anyway, because whenever you think about the mustard seed, it was something t- incredibly tiny that was planted within the fertile soil of the ground, that when it took root and was watered and the sun shined down on it, that it became this evasive plant that, that just completely took over everything in its path. It was a noxious plant that went upward and outward. So the tiniest thing sort of t- broke out and started taking over, just like the yeast in the dough. The kingdom of God is like the yeast within the dough, that once that very small part is mixed into the batch, it begins to take the entire thing over. And so, you know, it, the kingdom of God is the key to unlocking not just... Um, our task, our identity, but our responsibility as Christians. And so, you know, that's where I would say I would take a little bit different of a perspective on end times, and that's why I wrote the book, because what gave me the idea for it at the very beginning was um, my sister was involved with a small group, and she would always tell me what they were doing. And they would spend enormous amounts of time in their group, and the people who were leading it would talk about, um, you know, lining their cabinets with food and making sure that they have stockpiles and making sure you know all these things that are just hyper obsessed about. You're really motivated out of fear of the future, and I would just get really frustrated hearing it. And I thought, man, we we have such a mixed up backwards perspective on the end times that people are just terrified. They're fearful, and and they've become so terrified and fearful and paralyzed by you know the unknown that they have neglected the present and that was that was the motivating factor
1: well isn't that i mean back to the pollution of i mean fear fear is part of the pollution and and hearing stories from other people affirms just your thoughts on the fear and you get caught up on it and then that's all you talk about within your small group and um it just festers to the point where it becomes an obsession like you're talking about. But I hear, I you're saying that you hear this, you know, from your sister in a small group. And I've heard this on the radio that's pushing out to millions of people of, you know, the end is coming. The end is coming. The end is coming. And I'm like, okay, okay. So we should do I mean, is it necessary that we that we talk about it so much or in the light that we're not the light that we're talking about, the darkness that it seems that people talk about the the end. Why is why is it so dark for believers?
4: <laughs> I jokingly say in the book that um, I think that I had positively identified the Antichrist eight times by 1984, you know, it's this is this yeah. constant, you know, cat call and refrain, this crying wolf all the time, because, I mean, good grief at the time that the Bible was written at, at the time that Matthew 24 was going down. 2,000 years ago, people were talking about the same things. Jesus, what should we be looking for? Jesus, when will you return? What are going to be the signs of your coming? And again, Jesus doesn't get mad at them, you know, and, and the disciples are just like we are. Um, you know, they they had ingrown toenails. They, you know, like to eat at Miguel's. They probably got a little gassy from the free holies. Um, so
3: they sh- they're, they're they a lot like we too. are.
4: So, you know, they're not any different than we are. There's a lot of curiosity about, you know, what comes at the end. And I think that that's in many ways how we're wired. It's not like that we're being punished for being curious. And, you know, I kind of make the point as well that we, we live in this narrative life where you have antagonists and protagonists and conflict and ultimately resolution. And I think that all of us long for resolution. You know, Romans 8 talks about... That all of creation groans, awaiting resolution. You know, awaiting liberation the from the curse. Revelation,
3: right?
0: The revelation of Jesus, right? Yeah. Jesus.
4: And so, you know, I think that wired within us is this longing for things to be made right. And I think that there's a curiosity about anything esoteric. And so, it's not that we're bad for doing it. My my point always is that it's when you become so fearful or so paralyzed, you've become something so different than what you were created to be. And then as a result, not only have you become something that you were not created to be, you've completely lost your task, your function, your responsibility to not only embody the kingdom of God presently, but extend it to the world. And I think that that's exactly where we've missed it.
0: Yeah, so that's that's that rev- Romans eight nineteen for the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. Right. Yeah. Uh,
4: yeah. yeah. All was, of creation groans.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, and I and I like that. And um, what you're saying, and it's not that we do one or the other; that we either wait, you know, we stand there waiting eagerly for Jesus to return, or we go out and preach the gospel. We are called to do both. That it that it's that it's in the midst of the church going out and spreading the good news of the gospel, but we also eagerly wait for Jesus to be revealed. And you know, I mean, I'm I'm not the I'm not the model of going out and
2: spreading. don't caveat. No, I, I need to say this
0: because I'm I'm actually not I'm not the model of uh, <laughs> going out and spreading the gospel, but. We are called to that, um, to, to 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 both. That that while we are out there and, and in this country, we have great luxury of not um, being persecuted to the extent of our life being in danger at this point. But but um, so we can go do that. But at the same time, uh, Christians throughout the world they they, they do that, and they, they their lives are in danger. And so it's 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 not one or the other. It's not that you eagerly wait or you go and have and, and, and preach the gospel. It's both because both both are what are taught in the New Testament. and yes, I mean they, they, they were under perse- heavy persecution and the, the, the apostles in the in the first century, they were under heavy persecution, but, but that was the command in in you know the end of the the end of the gospels. Was was to preach to the end of the end of the the world, um, and, and uh yeah, it's just just to say, it's not one or the other. It's 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 both. Both you you go and preach, and you eagerly wait for the savior, longing for salvation to finally be revealed when when Jesus is revealed from heaven.
4: I think that's right, and you know, one thing I will say though is that you know, it it seems like a lot of energy. For people to spend enormous amounts of time debating on whose version of the end times is right, though, you know, oh, it's not like that. Yeah. It's not like that when all this stuff starts to go down, that you're going to be standing there jumping up and down saying, "I got it exactly right." I, you know, look, because it's like no, you're Scott gonna be would. Your Scott p- would.
2: Let's be honest. I would. Scott I would totally would. be like,
1: ding, ding, I told ding. you then that, that Christ would be revealed first. You got a bonus blessing, Scott. <laughs>
4: Yeah, and so I don't know. I just I kind of feel like that. You know, is it worthy of discussing? Absolutely. Um, just like any scripture is. I mean, I think that we we walk through it, we talk through it, we wrestle with it, we pray over it, and and that's fine. But to the extent where you know it causes massive division within the church, or people at each other's throats, or to the extent that. Um, we become something, something we ne- we were never created to be, and then lose who we're supposed to be. Um, I think that we just have to be, yes, mindful, but uh, also um, on task as well.
0: Yeah, and, and um, you know, Zach said he he grew up uh, in the that the pre the, the dispensational view. Um, so I I started roughly. In uh, Calvary Chapel, but I had a um, a pastor who was separate from Calvary Chapel, but part of, of part of a satellite campus of Calvary Chapel uh, Bible College, and he had a different view of eschatology than Calvary Chapel. So Calvary Chapel is dispensational premillennial um, that that uh, mid uh, well, um, oh, shoot oh. Pre trip, pre trip. They call it pre trip. So uh, yeah. not not mid, but uh, pre trip. Calvary Chapel is, is mostly pre trip. Um, so then my my pastor he started a church, uh, you know, started a congregation, kind of out of a Calvary Chapel, and then and then applied for. Um, I don't know what it's called, but let's call it official inclusion. status yeah. in Calvary Chapel. Yeah, so he applied applied to be included as a as a uh, another congregation of Calvary Chapel, and he got denied um, because of his eschatological views. <laughs> um, you know, which which is uh, sure there's some criticism there, but at the same time. I mean, I, I guess I see where they're coming from, but I, but I myself am, I'm, I'm, I, I would be pre wrath so that'd be somewhere in the middle of the seventieth week of Daniel. But I mean, that, that's probably a discussion for another day. But, uh, yeah. No, I
2: think we should hit, we should touch on that a little bit. <laughs> I mean, we can,
0: we we can, um, sure, sure. I mean, you have a question about that, or Zach? Well, or
2: well, I, I'm wondering. There's a lot of passages that, that a great portion of the church assumes applies to our future and and they assume that future is soon and so i think that feeds some of the fear that people people view the world through a lens of fear american christians mostly like a good chunk of american evangelicalism i think that fear is misplaced like scott said it shouldn't stop you from Doing
0: your Be, because so, however, however logically you want right. to to take
2: it, it shouldn't stop you are, from telling are, people about Jesus, yeah, the gospel. Clear,
0: clear commands that all Christians are to right. follow, no, despite sure. whatever
2: noted. Right. Um, but when people look when they're interpreting world events, it's like to them, it the world can only possibly get worse, and that the end is coming. And that affects people's behavior. It affects the way they view politics. It affects the way we It does th- yes. we think about the climate. It affects everything. And I don't think we can help but let it affect us, even though we shouldn't let us let it waver us from our mission. I think it distracts us from our mission, like you were talking about a little bit. And I think it's related to these passages that we just assume are talking about our future. <clears throat> how much of that is our future and how much how much of that was directly talking to the people at the time in the Bible. Yeah, <laughs> is the world getting worse,
1: and will it continue well, to get worse?
2: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, you, it's Jeff. hard to say what. <laughs> it's
4: hard to say whether the world is worse now or worse then. You know, right. rel- relatively speaking. But it just so happens that I pulled up a passage that I had written that says, "Fear has a massive death grip on us." Now listen to this. We're afraid of instability. We are afraid of tyranny. We're afraid of losing freedom. We're afraid of opposing ideologies. We're afraid of the government. We're afraid of losing our rights. We're afraid of the government taking our guns. We're afraid of the government taking our religious liberties. We're afraid of money becoming worthless. We're afraid of losing our jobs. We're afraid of new world orders. We're afraid of antichrist figures. You know, you tell me. I mean, if perfect love casts out fear... Then how in the world are we so stricken with fear? You think about uh, evangelicalism within America. Does this not sound like a lot of uh, what evangelicalism is dealing with right now? Well,
0: so yeah, I mean, I I understand that that fear in the sense of kind of ultimacy, but but we Uh we We just lost audio. Well, he he might come back here. And, you, yeah, you're, you're, the picture on, on uh, Skype has been frozen for, I don't know, five minutes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Brandon.
4: Hi, this is Brandon Andrus, and you're listening to Bros Bible and Beers.